Hey, my name is Elisa Kay, and I'm here to teach you how to rise above the noise and say yes to owning an unforgettable, impact-making business. On this podcast, you'll learn how to harness the power of your unique story and use magnetic marketing tools so that you can confidently own your place in your industry. Get ready to transform your marketing to reach more people and finally feel authentically you online. It's time to grow your business with purpose. This is the Own Your Message podcast. You're listening to the Modern Coach Podcast, The Coaching Woo. Let's get into it. Hey, my name is Elisa Kay, and you're about to learn the new way that coaches are building thriving businesses online by rising out from the shadows, owning who they are, and finally understanding the business of coaching. Get ready, because this is where we shed the old age thinking of coaches everywhere and say yes to owning a happy, healthy business that not only impacts people everywhere, but gives you the freedom to do what you want, when you want. This is the Modern Coach Podcast. Yay, let's talk about some mindset, some spiritual woo, some magic. This is one of those topics that I think is quite controversial. Why do I say that? Because I love systems. I love marketing. I'm very much right-brained. I want to be able to give my clients the systems and the strategies to make them successful. However, when I first started in this world, I used to call myself a strategist because I didn't really think that I was a quote-unquote coach, right? And I think one of the one of the biggest misconceptions that we, the people of the coaching space, have is that coaching itself is either very spiritual, very, very like mindset-based, or on the other hand, is very strategy-based, is very much like do X and get Y. And I think that, you know, the best coaches are somewhere in between. We all love our different tools in our toolbox. We all love whatever it is that makes us, you know, magical. And I think that the, the, the deeper I go into this coaching space, the deeper I discuss this topic with friends, family, etc., the more fascinated I become with the woo, with the spiritual, with the universal, <laughs> with the universal signs and signals that sometimes feel like, okay, universe, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm listening, whether it's whatever your poison is, whether it's numerology or whether it's EFT or whether it's somatic healing or whether it's psychotherapy or whether it's something else. So no matter where you're at, you know, on on the coaching scale, there are so many different modalities that we love, whether it's numerology, whether it's human design, whether it's EFT tapping, whether it's breath work. There are different facets of us trying to discover ourselves and there are different modalities that help us do that. Now, I've had clients who have been certified in all of the things. I've had clients that have been certified in none of the things. One of the most telling and I think interesting parts of Tony Robbins's UPW was when he talks about his experience with NLP coaching and when he was sort of going through the certification process and wanting to go out there and practice on people. And, and he was essentially told, like, no, you have to finish the certification. And he was like, well, why would I? I already have all of the skills. And I think there are some great coaches that are able to do that. And some people that need, you know, a shit ton of certificates. There's nothing wrong with being, I don't think, on either end of the spectrum. Now, I do find it fascinating that 
the coaching space is littered with these different modalities and we don't necessarily talk about how those modalities lead to results. So yes, you might have a human design reading and it might give you a great report and you know your eating style and you know your manifestation type and you know all of the things. However, how does that help you get results for yourself and for your clients? And I think that, you know, human design is a really great example in that it gives you a great report and it is a little bit more action focused, I would argue, than a lot of the other ones. But the reality is, is that most certifications do not give you a pathway to getting results. They do not give you the answer, the toolkit, the, the key to help your clients further to help yourself further too. Like, you know, I remember reading the Enneagram and being fascinated by, you know, the different, like, when is the Enneagram? When you're in your low state, this is how it shows up. And I'm still really confused as to why, you know, what what my number is, (laughs) truth be told. Because I got a reading at a retreat once and then she was like, well, you know, when you show up as, as this, you're actually a seven and maybe you're not a seven, you're maybe a three and maybe this and maybe that. So, you know, I... In theory, I am a seven on the Enneagram, if you're interested, I think. I'm going to have to look it up again after I finish recording this episode. But I think all of these modalities, no matter what you subscribe to, they're there to help us discover deeper facets of ourselves. Right? Right. If that's the case, how can we as coaches look at what is in our toolbox? What is in our remit of possibility? And how can we turn that toolbox to helping our ideal soulmate people get results? Because as a coach, that's my primary focus and concern is how can I serve my clients and how can I show up for them, whether that's in a one-to-one capacity, in a one-to-many capacity or in a program. You know, like the Soulmate Client Accelerator recently got a makeover in that I added a whole extra module on DMs and we went into like deeper training on those conversations in understanding the flow better in understanding how to actually answer comments on Facebook, how to lead people to the next step, how to figure out whether they are the right client, whether they're not. Like I added a whole new section on that topic because A, that's something that I didn't really, I didn't realize it was such a problem for a lot of people because it's not a problem for me. Therefore, (laughs) I didn't think it would be a problem for people, right? But on the flip side of the training right that I created was informed more around I like I did a bunch of human design research right and I discovered what my my type was I'm a generator if you're interested so I like to be around different people it was fascinating reading all about that and then having you know a bunch of literature and a bunch of information that showed me patterns with my clients and therefore relating that to the sales process like a new tool informed my teaching style, right? So therefore, my curriculum and the way that I taught got an upgrade because I learned something new. And my instinct as a coach is to look at, okay, I've got this new thing. I've got this new tool. It's really fascinating. And if you're like me, then you love learning new stuff. Like I, li- I literally, it's my favorite thing ever is being in learning mode. I, in fact, I did an extra degree because I just really liked researching. Like, that's how much of a geek I am. So for me, researching, doing new stuff, you know, I like I found my myself 
so fascinated by the coaching space because we are constantly learning and innovating. The problem that I see most coaches have is that they're learning and they're not necessarily innovating. They're not thinking about how does this relate to my ideal soulmate person? They're not thinking about, okay, well, this, this is a really great tool, but how is it going to help my clients get results? And I think that a lot of us coaches have these vague promises because we haven't been taught to think about results. We haven't been taught to train ourselves to look for the outcome. We have not been taught, essentially, to be an outcome-oriented coach. And I think the modern coach, to harken back to the name of this podcast, is one who is obsessed with how do I get results? What it, What is the result, right? <laughs> and the result might be positive or negative, but we need to have data, we need to have an outline, we need to have, you know, something measurable for us to track. So for me, with my clients... And whenever I look at how do my coaches coach, it always comes back to, okay, well, what are the roadblocks? What are the goalposts that we're putting in place for our clients? And are we making it really clear to clients the boundaries and the expectations that we're setting with them? Or is it like a vague thing that is just sort of in the ether where (laughs) no one is really clear on what they're doing and you're having a nice little chat? I always start my calls with, you know, what's an overview? Let's check in. What are your numbers? What's been happening? What do you want to talk about? Like we track specific metrics with my coaching clients because that is what focuses the conversation. It's never like, so how's your day going? And let's just talk about the weather. No, we want to look at in in relation to the goals that I have with said client, what, how are the metrics and what are we tracking in order to see whether they're on track or not. And every single week, I will check in with my people and I will ask them, hey, what went well this week? What didn't go well last week? You know, what is our goal for this week? Did you catch your goal last week? If not, what do we need to put in place? And that gives me data along the coaching process with my clients to see where they're at. So we're never in a situation where I don't know what's going on in their life And I don't know what wins and what troubles they're having because I keep constantly asking. And I think part of the coaching process itself and part of you becoming a better coach is, and I know this sounds very silly because like as coaches, we want to get our clients results, but are you tracking the results that you're having throughout the process? And, you know, is it something measurable or is it very vague? I've worked with this client once and she... She kept having these feast and famine cycles when she came to me and she was like, you know, my clients always end up leaving at this certain point and I'm in this cycle. Can you help me break it? And it was just fascinating to watch how there were no boundaries. There was just no like mitigating anything in this girl's business. And she would not listen like at all. (laughs) She was not like she really thought that the coaching process was her catching up with a friend every single week. (laughs) She was not happy when we looked at the processes and I was like, well, there's no process here. We need to put one in place. Like that was not a good quote unquote conversation. But I think as a coach, it's your job to challenge your client's expectations. It's your job to make your clients see things differently. And sometimes as a coach, that falls on you to be the, you know, not the bad guy, but the person who points out the things that we don't want to see. And I think obviously there's a kind way to do that. And then there is a, there is a mean way to do that. And we never want to be mean and we never want to be 
uh, unnecessarily triggering. But I do find that a lot of uh, newer coaches specifically look at the coaching relationship as if we're like BFFs and we're not, right? As coaches, we are challenge makers, in my humble opinion. It like plays into your personality. I remember I remember being told that I'm too loud and too this and too that. And how many coaches I have I spoken to that have this very similar experience? Whereas actually, as a coach, that's a good thing. It's good for you to observe patterns. It's good for you to ask those challenging questions that might piss normal people off. Right. Particularly if they haven't paid you for coaching. <laughs> if someone has paid you for coaching and you're asking the challenging questions, then you're doing your job. Whereas if they haven't paid you for coaching and you're asking the challenging questions, then you're just a dick who's asking challenging questions unnecessarily. And I think that's a line that sometimes we forget. Like our partners, our boyfriends, our husbands, our friends, they don't want to be coached. They don't want to see things differently. Sometimes they just want to vent and that's OK. Um, that's why we have these coaching relationships where we can put processes in place when we can put, you know, and, and where someone is showing up to be asked those challenging questions, right? And I think sometimes, like I just mentioned with that client who wanted to just have a nice chat with a friend every week, or at least that's what it felt like at the beginning of our coaching relationship, it's really, really useful for you to set those boundaries and for you to set the expectations. I will say to clients, sometimes you will hate me and that is okay. I don't mind. It makes no difference to me. My self-worth is not going to be tied up in you hating me. What I'm here to do, though, is to get you to your next level. And sometimes it's going to be tough. And sometimes that's uncomfortable. And I think that, you know, the, the deeper conversation here is how are you using your toolbox to help mitigate the harshness, the harsh waters of that turbulent change time? You as a coach will most likely see huge, tremendous growth in your clients you'll be able to see them leap and bound. But in order for them to have those leaps and bounds, it means that they're changing at a rapid pace. And it means that you as a coach, again, you're navigating that and you're helping, you're guiding the person through that, that period. So that means that you need to have different tools in your toolbox to be able to help them process their emotions, to be able to guide them to the right path to be able to help them when they need it the most. For me, I love EFT tapping. It's my favorite thing in the world. I can talk about it all day long. It is called the emotional freedom technique. It essentially what you're doing is you're you're tapping your fingers, so like tap tap tap, right? On acupuncture points on your body. So you're doing acupuncture without the needles. It was developed, I believe, in the US to help soldiers with PTSD when they came back from the Vietnam War, they were trying to figure out different therapies that they could put in place to help those who came back from the war. And essentially this helped them calm down their nervous system. And that's what the EFT technique does. It works with your nervous system and it helps you calm yourself down. It helps you rewire your brain. You're literally tapping on pathways. You're literally getting rid of negative bullshit from your nervous system and then putting in the positive stuff. That's how I think about it. Like you're reprogramming your computer, aka your body. And sometimes you will yawn. Sometimes you will burp. Sometimes you will cough. Sometimes you will cry. Sometimes you will sneeze. Like different people have different emotional releases with EFT. But it is one of my favorite ways to help clients move through their fear, to help them move through their worthiness, you know, stuff that comes up. 
it just helps with everything. <laughs> like, it's a, literally a magic freaking wand and it is fucking amazing. I would 100% recommend you go up and look up EFT uh, tapping. Yeah, I've got a few videos on my Instagram. There is a lot of resources on YouTube from different people. Uh, and it is great. Great, great, great. So when we have these tools like EFT or whatever it is that you enjoy... I think it's your job as a coach to figure out like where is the results based conversations that we're having and where are we going to go deeper? Like I had a conversation with a client this week and she was asking me something about a funnel, like it was compressed images or some, some something like that. And really, I could see that her question really was around pricing and we like struck a nerve when it came to her worthiness and she really like in I could see it very clearly in her in just every in front of me that the question was nothing to do with a funnel and nothing to do with how to put it all together and everything to do with the price that I want to charge is this but it doesn't equate to how I see myself and my coaching and the worth that I'm placing on on the, on the two right so as a coach it's your job to like answer the strategic question but also to go deeper and to look at What's behind the surface to get your client, again, to get your client's results? Because in order for my client to publish the funnel and to go forth and create the content and, and essentially follow the, the soulmate client pathway system, we need to figure out those worthiness issues, right? And, and to, to either tap on them or to journal on them or to do something else that is in the remit of your toolbox, and I think that there's an interesting thing that we don't necessarily um, discuss in the coaching space is like, how do we process those emotions? And why are those different things popping up for our clients? And how are they reflecting the issues that we're having? So one of my favorite things that I really love talking about is the mirror dimension. I really believe that we as coaches are essentially putting stuff out there, right? And our clients are bringing stuff back into us and our clients are mirrors of us. And isn't it interesting that, you know, if a client might be having worthiness issues, maybe something in my life, right, is thinking, I was having a conversation with my coach that same week around the pricing of my next offer. And I wasn't necessarily having quote unquote worthiness issues, but it was a pricing conversation. And I think sometimes it's, it's an interesting thing to consider is that like, why are we attracting these people into our lives? What are our clients teaching us? And what are we projecting? So if I'm in a desperate spot and I am only looking to cover my bills, right? And I'm in this desperate, 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 desperate cycle. What are the types of clients that I'm going to attract? Probably people who are just as desperate as me. Because again, when we're looking at this mirror dimension and the dynamic of what I'm putting out, I'm bringing back in. So I was having conversations with my coach around pricing the offer and playing around with the different things and thinking like, oh my God, like if I double my coaching rate, like fuck, what does that look like? You know, and having those very human emotions that we all ultimately do at every single level, I, I think when we make those decisions, right? And then having a client a few days later be very much triggered by the pricing of the offer, like that is such a coincidence. And I don't believe in coincidences. <laughs> like everything, everything happens for a reason. And how many of us have had a very similar experience where something in our lives is being reflected back? So th th that is all to say that 
not only do you need to have a great toolbox as a coach, but also you need to be very careful to, to look at what is it that I'm projecting and what is it, what is it that I am putting out there and what is coming back in? Because I think as coaches, we are more attuned to the spiritual world. We, most of us have some type of gift. Most of us have some type of foresight, some type of something that is magnetic, that is that is spiritual about us. And I think that like that intuitive sense that we all possess that helps us navigate the coaching space on a much deeper level. I have never, I don't think I've ever met a coach who was not intuitive. And I think that's an interesting thing to consider as well. Like, what are you putting out there and what is your intuition telling you? Because if you're putting stuff out there from this desperate, shitty energy, then you're going to get desperate, shitty energy back. If you're coming out with, hey, I've got all of these great tools, but if you're confused, right, about what you're putting out there, you're not going to get much back because everyone around you will be confused. Whereas if you're operating your business from a calm, considered great place and you are outcomes focused, right, you yourself are outcomes focused, that's where the magic happens because your clients become outcomes focused too and they have better results. And if your clients have better results, you have better retention rates. If you have better retention rates, you probably have better testimonials. If you have better retention rates and testimonials, you have a better, bigger business because people are A, willing to reinvest in working with you over and over and over again. But B, you are able to create much more accurate, greater marketing because you're coming from a place of power versus where if you're sad, desperate, you're not managing your energy, you are, you know, in this burnout cycle, you are not using the tools in your toolbox, you're sort of putting your gifts on a shelf. That's where I think we get into this tricky tricky, tricky part where you're like, well, I'm woo, I'm into the woo, but like, I can, I only call upon it when I'm super burnt out and I'm done. I think we as coaches have to become a lot more balanced and we have to become a lot more results focused. What are the results in your business? What are the results that you're helping clients get? Are you measuring everything? Or are you living in a la-di-da world where, you know, you think everything is energy and like, I'm going to just burn a money candle and life will be better. The reality is the money candle only works if you're setting a results-based intention. And the reality is, is that if you're confused about what toolbox to use, and if you don't have any of the ingredients in place that we've just covered in the last nine episodes, then is it any wonder that your business isn't growing the way that you want it to? What you focus on grows. And ultimately, I think as coaches, it's our job to look at okay, well, how much learning have I done? What are the tools in my toolbox? And am I using them? Do I need to use them? Do I need to draw upon them? Some of my clients are super, super, super gifted uh, in the metaphysical sense, and they don't use those gifts for anyone but themselves. And that's okay. That's not, that's not a requirement for a coach, right? But that's an intentional choice that they are making. It's an intentional decision that they live with. And I think that's a great thing because they're, they're making decisions from a place of power, not from a place of desperation or uncertainty or shakiness. You know, all this to say is that as a coach, whatever you're putting out there is going to come back to you. And it's really, really important for you to not only be very clear in your boundaries, in the results that you're giving clients and in the results that you want for yourself, but also for you to be really, really clear as to the boundaries with yourself. What is it that you want? What is it that your 
business needs from you? Do you need to show up daily? Do you need to prioritize your self-care first? Do you need, you know, like when was, the, if you're telling clients that they need to go and journal every morning, are you journaling every morning? Are you embodying the coach within you? Are you embodying the results that you want your clients to have? Like embodying the energy is such an, such an important topic. And I see so many people sort of flitter past it and sort of talk about, like talk around it. But the bottom line is, is that if you're not owning your energy, if you're not owning the results that you have right this very second, then you're stuck in victim mode and you're, you know, stuck in, in, in a world where nothing is your responsibility. And, but the reality is, is that if you're telling clients to behave one way, but you're not embodying that energy and they're not embodying that energy either, we have that mirror dimension dynamic going on again, where isn't any wonder that what you're putting out again is coming back to you. So then it's it's a vicious cycle. You and your clients are, I think, are in a dance, right? And and it's a pull, pull and push situation. And what we want to do is we want to just play with that energy and we want to embody who you are as a coach, embody what you're telling people to do, and embody that energy so that you can make decisions from a very strong, stable position. Because when you come from a strong and stable position, you can draw upon your toolbox. You can do whatever the fuck you like because you're strong and stable. You're not sort of going with the wind and going where the wind takes you. And sometimes it's great to wing things and it's good to come at it from a, from a you know, um, inspired perspective. But in my experience, when there are no boundaries in place, the inspired experience just leads down the wrong path um, until you come back and you design a plan. So I hope, I hope that that made sense to you in that, you know, as a coach, it's your job to embody the results that you are putting out there. That's thing number one. And thing number two is then understanding that it's your job to make those decisions and and pull out the tricks from your toolbox at an appropriate time, but also do it within, you know, the boundaries that you set. Um, and I think that when you're not getting results with your clients, that has everything to do with how you're showing up and it has everything to do with the energy that you brought to the table and it has everything to do with whatever it is that you're putting out. And I think as coaches, it's our job, number one, number one priority as a coach for me is to embody what I'm telling people to do, is to be in integrity all the time. It's to, you know, be my word. So if I tell people you need to create content, I need to create content, right? If I'm telling people you need to see things through and you need to, you know, do sales calls, I'm doing sales calls. You know what I mean? Like, I think this is a really great example and don't remember who said this, but when they say like kids don't do as you say, they do as you do. I think clients do the exact same thing. I, I see the moment that like I falter in myself, my clients start to get shaky and it hasn't happened in a really long time, but I do find it fascinating how back in my early coaching days, it would be so freaking true. And I think that it's an interesting thing for us to, to think about as we look at coaching and the woo and like why do we do all these certifications and what are these tools teaching us and do we have an outcomes-based process to measure those successes to measure those processes and if we don't then asking ourselves the question why 
why don't we have a measurable metric for this specific process? Um, because ultimately, this is the truth. The better the results that you give to your clients, the better your business will be. I have never met a client who's had a huge breakthrough who didn't end up a loyal fan for life. And that's ultimately what we all coaches want, right? We want lifetime happy customers who we have impacted in really, really positive ways. And I think that as a coach, it's your job to be in integrity with yourself in order to facilitate more of that. So I hope you enjoy this episode around coaching and the coaching woo. Um, I would love to know what is your modality of choice? What is it that you love to do? Is there a special thing in your toolbox? Are you an EFT tapper like me? Are you doing something else? Let me know over on the Instagrams. I'm at Elisa K Coaching. Um, but for now, I will see you on another episode of the Modern Coach Podcast. For now, have an amazing, amazing day. And I'll speak to you next time. Are you stuck in a loop of cookie cutter content feeling like you can't find your voice or the confidence to show up authentically? Good news, Magnetic Mavens is here to help you be unforgettable. Our membership will get you to break free from the monotony of copycat content and find your unique power story. In this membership, you'll create a consistent writing habit to stay ahead of your content creation and take back control of your plan without any of the overwhelm. It's time to leave the bland and boring content behind and own your message with integrity and fun. Join the Magnetic Mavens today. Head to alisa-k.com forward slash magnetic to register right now.